Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to yet another brand new episode of Paratooth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. As you know, we do have a new webpage up, and that is for New Lantern Media. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and check it out. It is cool. It is great. It is awesome. And it's going to become our number one and only website. So definitely something to get used to if you want to check out our shows and any of the links and stuff like that that we share, uh, especially if you're not going through YouTube or Spreaker or anything like that. Um, and of course, it's probably the easiest way to get a contact of a get in contact with us because we do have the email there that you can just simply tick it tap tip tip spell something out and send it our way one word two words it don't we don't care we just want to hear from you guys um anyway so we're just gonna go ahead and jump into this i think because why not there has been a lot of talk over the years and we've even mentioned it a few times uh, and this is something that we've seen on the dollar bill. We've heard about it through Egyptian lore and, you know, you, you name it. This this thing has been around for many, many, many years. And quite frankly, most of us don't really know what it is. But yet it's there all the time. So it seems. And this is a little something known as the evil eye. And I was thinking about it because I had read a small segment about the evil eye and I thought, you know, I don't really know what the evil eye is now that I think about it. And I think it can be a number of different things to a number of different people. But in the end, I thought, hey, Justin, why don't we do a show on the evil eye and explain to everybody what it is and, of course, learn for ourselves as well. So the evil eye has sometimes also been known as the all seeing eye. Um, some believe it's two separate things. Some believe it's one and the same. Um, so it's interesting to see this, um, this article that you had brought up to me uh, as well as kind of doing a little bit of research. I've, I had heard of the evil eye, um, before we had decided to do an episode on it, but I didn't realize that there was so much in depth to it. Um, reading through this article, I honestly didn't realize it's actually brought up in biblical verse as well, as well as mm -hmm. the Quran, um, even Shakespeare's plays never once realized, uh, in the Quran, Shakespeare's plays. I kind of remember because of Macbeth, but, um, it was, it was interesting to see that it's in actually in two different holy books. So <clears throat> what is the evil eye? Well, Folks, the evil eye is simply a human look believed to cause harm to someone or something. 
Now, the supernatural harm may come in the form of a minor misfortune or more serious disease, injury, or, dare I say, even death. Folklorist Ellen Dundee's, in his edited volume, The Evil Eye, a casebook, notes that the victim's good fortune, good health, or good looks, or unguarded comments about them invite or provoke an attack by someone with the evil eye. Symptoms of illness caused by the evil eye include a loss of appetite, excessive yawning, hiccups, vomiting, and fever. If the object attacked is a cow, its milk may dry up. If a plant or fruit tree, it may suddenly wither and die. The evil eye is also said to cause a number of other maladies, including insomnia, fatigue, depression, and diarrhea. In many places, disease is considered a magical as well as a medical issue. And the reason a given person succumbs to a malady may be attributed to a curse instead of random chance or exposure to a virus. It can even affect objects and buildings. The evil eye cast upon a vehicle may break down irreparably, while a house so cursed, so cursed may soon develop a leaky roof or an insect infestation. Just about anything that goes wrong may be blamed on the power of the evil eye. Now, I think one thing that is that's important to note here, and I'm sure we'll be covering this as well later on in this episode, is that the evil eye is more than just this supernatural thing that happens. You know, it's, it's not like something that is like God's eye, you know, or or something supernatural is looking at you. This is more of a intense focus you know this is something where you have to believe in something so hard and so much that that focus intensifies and even becomes manifest in whatever it is that's happening um now by many in many cases and i think science should try and prove this uh to some extent is that the majority of these cases in which in the evil eye seems to have been the issue for some of these disasters or these um melodies is probably simple coincidence you know uh mm. i can simply say that such and such may get sick sometime in the next month and if they get a little tiny cold, that has very little effect. But hey, they still have a cold. Guess what? I was correct. And that might have been the case of the evil eye. Uh, but in order to better understand the evil eye and its power, we do have to delve into history a little bit. So let's talk about the evil eye in history. Now, the evil eye is well known throughout all of history. And it is mentioned in ancient Greek and Roman texts, as well as in many famous literary works, including the Bible, such as Proverbs 23, 6, which says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. That is, of course, from the KJV. Uh, the Quran is also another one, as Justin mentioned, and Shakespeare's plays. Though belief in the evil eye is widespread, it is not universal. A 1976 cross-cultural survey by folklorist John Roberts found that 36% of cultures believed in the evil eye. It's a pretty small percentage overall. Mm. Now, the evil eye is essentially a specific type of magical curse and has its roots in magical thinking and superstition. Let's say that a person experiences bad luck, for example, and maybe ill health, an accident, or some unexplained calamity, perhaps a drought or an infectious disease. 
Before science could explain weather patterns and germ theory, any bad event for which there was not an obvious cause might be blamed on a curse. Curses, including the evil eye, are an answer to the old age question of why bad things happen to good people. Now, eyes are said to have special powers. They're said to be the gateways to the person's soul. Shifting eyes are said to subtly betray liars, while a steady gaze may be endearing or menacing depending on the circumstances. Eye contact can create, in can create an intensely personal connection, whether between lovers or superiors and subordinates. Glaring or intense staring can convey power and authority over another, and of course, actors use their eyes to convey a wide range of emotions, including love, hate, disgust, boredom, scorn, surprise, and envy. In fact, it is this last emotion, jealousy, that underlies the evil eye's cultural association with magic. Now, belief in the power of the eyes is so powerful that any eye affliction has come to suggest evil and bad luck. People who are cross-eyed have uncontrollable eye twitches or spasms, a condition called blefersebleblas. We're just going to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> or who merely have prominent squint uh, have been shunned and feared as provoking bad luck. Especially among those who work in dangerous occupations such as fishing and mining. Similarly, those with unusually close set eyes or eyes of different colors were often suspected of having the evil eye. Babies and children are said to be especially susceptible to harm from the evil eye, and in many cultures, sorry, in many countries, including Greece, Romania, and in and India, praising a child publicly is sometimes considered taboo. But the compliment will draw the attention of the evil eye. In order to ward off the evil eye, parents of a thoughtlessly praised child may ask the person who gave the compliment to immediately spit in the child's face. Because the momentarily exalted youngster has been brought down a peg, any harm by the evil eye is unnecessary. The spittle self is harmless yet insulting enough to negate the compliment Unless, of course, that person is sick, and then the baby gets sick, and then, well, there's harm. Then then there's the evil eye. They didn't do it in time. Right. So, who has the evil eye? Well, maybe you do. Maybe I do. Maybe we all do. Many believe that bad intention is not necessary, and that some people can cast an evil eye without even knowing it. I've got an example up for that. In fact, um... One time, a long time ago, my sister, who did not like somebody at school, in fact, loathed the person, said, I hope he gets hit by a bus. And wouldn't you know that the very next morning he was riding his bike and indeed got hit by a bus. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I know. So, if one person is believed to have the evil eye... Other members of his or her family are often treated with suspicion, and any children are assumed to have the curse as well. Huh. So let's talk a little bit about this evil eye real quick, because this is really interesting. Um, first and foremost, as is necessary, you need to break down at least one thing, but probably a couple things. And the first one is, of course, Proverbs 23, 6, because I had to look into this a little bit more and understand what exactly the evil eye is in context uh, or in relation to the scripture surrounding it. Good, because I was going to ask so, you, because I had never heard this particular uh, scripture before. So, 
Right. So, you know, in terms of the scripture itself, I'm going to read it again uh, in the JK or the KJV version. Uh, that's King James version. And it says, "Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats." Now, there's a lot of commentary on this, and you know, some of this commentary goes specifically into what the evil eye is, and some of it kind of drifts around it a little bit. Now, I'm actually going to start here. Um, Jameson Fawcett Brown Bible Commentary, um, which is, I pretty much use all these commentaries because they're all kind of help explain it as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. But he says, Beware of deceitful men whose courtesies even you will repent of having accepted. Uh, and in this case, the evil eye, which is also related to Proverbs 22.9, uh, Matthew six twenty three and Deuteronomy fifteen nine actually may mean or is most likely means purpose. So evil eye here is something of purpose. Uh, Matthew Poole's commentary says of him that hath an evil eye, that is of the envious or covetous man uh, who secretly grudgeth thee the meat which he sets before thee, as this phrase is used. As on the contrary, a liberal man is said to have a good eye. So what we're seeing here, and I know that one is a little confusing because he's writing writing in almost like an old broken English here. Old English, uh, yeah. Not on like the KJV version. But basically the person with the evil eye, in this case in regards to the Bible, is somebody who holds a grudge against everybody else. It's somebody who has kind of a hatred in his heart or somebody who uh, is more or less jealous of those who are enjoying life, who are laughing and this and that, you know? Uh, so when it says, um, eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, it's saying, don't eat the bread of the jealous person. Don't eat the bread, uh, that is of this person who despises everything that's happening around him, the happiness. And of course we're not saying uh, this isn't a literal thing. Of course, we're not saying literally don't take the bread of him or do not eat the bread. What it's saying is do not partake in the same uh, prospects as he is. Don't become him. Don't give in to jealousy. Don't give in to rage or anger or hatred or, you know, whatever discontentment. Um, And neither desire thou his dainty meats. Again, these dainty meats might look very nourishing and wonderful and tasty, but in the end, leave a very bad taste in your mouth and can ultimately make you sick. Uh, jealousy is not really good for anybody. Neither is hatred or anger. Uh, and that's what Proverbs 23, 6 is really telling us. To be careful not to partake in these things that evil men or the evil eye partakes in. Uh, try to keep yourself clean and pure and happy. And remember that God is on your side. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading. reading! Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, not going towards the Bible verse, but isn't the evil eye almost... Uh, is, um, 
not necessarily just a look, but I've seen it used in like a, a uh, what's the term? Uh, not necessarily a rune, but it's drawn out like kind of like a curse, but um, it's an evil eye. It's drawn into a pentacle or a pentagram. I'm not sure which it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But isn't it similar? It not it used as kind of like a magic spell as well in that essence? Sure, yeah. And it really depends on, well, one, it really depends on the belief. Uh, you know, and we've talked about this in the past in regards to symbolism or just symbols in general. You know, like, for example, what does the pentacle mean to you and I? Uh, now, for a long time, it didn't really mean much to me or at all, really. You know, it was just a symbol. Um, but when you look through history, you see that Wiccans had adopted the symbol first and foremost. And then when the Christians uh, came in and started preaching the, the good news to the Wiccans, they then adopted the the uh, pentacle as well to represent mm-hmm. the five wounds of Christ. And that kind of helped link the Wiccans to this idea of Christianity and made it a little easier for them you know, uh, to go about the, uh, was it, um, St. Patrick did something very similar with the, uh, the four, uh, the three leaf clover, uh, yep. to explain the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, how there are three different entities in one, but all the same thing creating this clover. So, and these are just ways that you can help connect, uh, one belief system with another and show them a truth. So, yeah, definitely, depending on your belief, you can use the evil eye for this. And I have seen the symbol used many times, both in uh, the pentacle, but also in triangles, different triangle shapes mm-hmm. with a circle around it. Uh, there's so many different uses for it. And some will claim that the evil eye is just that evil. Uh, but there are other who believe that this eye is actually good. And depending on the meaning behind it, again, the evil eye is one of those things where you have to truly believe in it. You have to think hard and trust that whatever it is you're thinking is going to come in, is going to happen, is going to manifest itself. Mm-hmm. As is with any magic spell that you're working with, uh, whether you're, you're Wiccan or you're working in voodoo or whatever, you have to have, a, even if you're praying, if you're a Christian and you're praying, you need to have a significant amount of faith that whatever it is that you're doing is going to work. And in many of these cases, that faith has to be completely unbreakable. Um, you know, so in terms of magic, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to create a spell and this is going to work, but there's always that doubt. Plus, not to mention when you read through the book of, um, the lesser key of Solomon, for example, a lot of magic actually depends on the alignment of the planets, the stars, the time that the sun and moon rise and set. All of these factors have to play in specifically and exactly moment by moment at just the right time in order for a spell to even be cast. Uh, so in most cases, spells, big spells, don't even work because most people aren't going so far and beyond. You know, it's just simply putting a couple elements into a pot or, you know, into right. a, a burner. And, you know, when you think of like mojo, uh, mojo bags, for example, you're taking certain elements to create a, a lucky bag or maybe you're trying to curse somebody. So, you know, there, there's all kinds of different elements that go into this magical kind of thing. Mm. Right. Well, the, the interesting thing um, that I found was not only are there uh, parts to the curse, 
but there's also protection and cures. Now, mm-hmm. it was uh, pretty interesting to to read through this, um, and it, I've kind of seen the different uh, protections and cures that I, throughout doing our research throughout the years, but it's interesting to see it all in one spot. So the best way to deal with the evil eye is to avoid it in the first place. Makes sense to me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just as you said that, you know, everybody can have necessarily have the evil, evil eye. Um, it doesn't even have to be a look. It could just be your intention. Um, but the method varies by culture, geographic region, and personal preference. In Latin America, the evil eye is known as mal de ojo, and belief in it is especially widespread in rural areas. In Puerto Rico, for example, newborns are often given a good luck charm called a azabache to protect them from the evil eye. Amulets can be worn to deter the evil eye, often using blue, uh, which is symbolizing heaven or godliness, uh, and an eye symbol. Charms, potions, and spells can also be prepared. Garlic can be used to deter the evil eye, and some believe that just saying the word garlic offers protection. Now, which is actually really interesting because um, we had mentioned in the last episode about vampires and and the belief in vampires and all that um right. and that is one of the beliefs for vampiric lore as well that they detest garlic and that uh it deters them which in a sense if you think about that if it deters the evil eye it deters vampires um garlic can be used to deter evil as a whole uh mm-hmm. don't know if there is that true belief or not it just it, there's a commonality there that i'm seeing um Often those who believe they have been harmed by the evil eye will seek out shamans, witch doctors, psychics, or other spiritual healers to remove the curse. Now, there are several ways to cure maldeojo. One tradition method from Mexico involves using a raw egg. The egg, a universal symbol for purity and birth, is said to absorb evil energies as it is passed as it passes over the forehead and prone body of the victim. The egg is then broken over a of water and the resulting forms closely examined for any unusual shapes. An oval or eye shape seen in the yolk or whites is said to indicate that the evil eye's power has been successfully removed from the victim. Some claim that the gender of the person who casts the evil eye can be determined from the shapes as well. Now, it is tempting to view the evil eye as an ancient discredited belief that plays no role in our 21st century world. Instead, as folklorist Dundas notes, we should keep in mind that the evil eye is not some old-fashioned superstitious belief of interest solely to antiquarians. The evil eye continues to be a powerful factor affecting the behavior of countless millions of people throughout the world. Though belief in the evil eye can be harmless superstition, it can also be dangerous in some circumstances. Anytime one person believes that another has harmed them, whether naturally or supernaturally, intentionally or accidentally, there is the potential for deadly retribution. Like other accused witches and sorcerers over the centuries, many people have been attacked, beaten, and killed for casting the evil eye. And to me, um, being the more uh, reasonable person that I am, 
finds it hard to believe that there's that much belief in the evil eye in the 21st century that people are hurting other people because they feel that another person has cast the evil eye at them. Right. But I think when we think about that, we're thinking of it on American terms or the new world terms. So we're thinking America, we're thinking, uh, you know, and that's all the, the Americas, Canada, uh, most of South America, we're thinking England and Europe, most of Eastern Europe, especially. Right. Uh, but then there's a lot of third world countries that to this day still believe in their old ways. In fact, there's a lot of people being beheaded right now for their beliefs. They're, they're, I know there's a lot of Christians uh, in Africa that are being killed because of their belief. I actually watched a video. A friend of mine has a friend uh, who, who lives in Africa. Uh, he he tr- worked with him when he was a, when the kid was a Sorry, he worked with them when they were kids, uh, really close. And he showed me a video of what happened when this kid, who was a Muslim, uh, became a Christian. And it was a horrible video to watch because the rest of the kids, including his own parents even, uh, watched as the other kids twisted his arm over and over, smacked him, punched him, kicked him, beat him with sticks, uh, all because he chose to become a Christian and deny his Muslim faith. And this kind of thing is happening on a regular basis. Uh, Iran, there's a lot of crap happening over there right now in which babies are being killed. Uh, you know, um, parents, siblings, you know, there's so many being, people being killed for their faith or just beliefs uh, in general. And it's a horrible thing to think about. But unfortunately, being that we do live in the U.S., it's something we don't normally think about. Uh, right. And we kind of get trapped in this idea that everything is good in the world when it really isn't. So, you know, for sure, there's definitely this kind of stuff happening. But most of the stuff is happening in basically uh, poorer countries in which a lot of these people aren't really giving into um, more modern thinking. Kind of third world type idea. Yeah, I Absolutely. gotcha. Um, you know... We have a friend in Sicily that that Shelly talks to regularly, and um, you know I should ask her uh, if sh- they still believe in the evil either, because they they do believe in uh, they have the the Catholic Church there and everything in in Italy, and it does trickle down to Sicily as well. Um, but there there are still a lot of beliefs out there, like uh, the um, I forget what it's called, but it's the symbol for Sicily with the Medusa head with three legs around it. Um, They believed back then to ward off evil, they would put the Medusa head by the door to uh, um, protect the the house against evil spirits or somebody trying to cast spells or anything like that. Um, That that tradition is still practiced to this day, but... I don't know if it's just a tradition or if people actually believe in it. Right. Um, the name of that, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Trinacea, Trinacea, ah, or something like that. Did that make um, ring a bell? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I would, I would like to know as well, like what maybe the beliefs are there if they still kind of believe in that thing, that kind of thing. Um, and you know what's really kind of interesting that it even was brought up in the article itself is the idea of the symbol of the eye. Uh, so one of the protections in 
or cure, so in this case it's a protection, is wearing an eye symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, either on a necklace or something like that. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. It, it really depends on what your belief is in a particular symbol. Uh, if you believe in an eye symbol to be good, it's the good eye or the eye of God, that's that's what it means. On the other hand, someone can look at that exact same symbol and say, oh, that's an evil eye, and it can manifest that same meaning for that or that meaning for them. And can be used for both purposes. Uh, so well, that's hence, definitely something, like I said, the all-seeing eye versus the evil eye, because what is on the American dollar is they call it the all seeing eye or the eye of Horus or the eye of God. Um, right. in comparison, like you're saying, it can just depend on the intention. All right, folks, real quick, we're going to go ahead and take ourselves a break. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey everyone. I'm Kat Ward, host of paranormal heart, your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Parachute Radio. Hope you all are having a good time. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been taking an in-depth look here at the Evil Eye. Uh, its history, and of course, the protections and cures that can keep us safe from such an evil little eye. Indeed, indeed. Um, It was actually kind of interesting to delve into this because, like I said earlier, I'd heard of the evil eye, um, had not really done a whole lot of research except for the little bit here and there as we've been in the paranormal for, oh gosh, now close to 12 years kind of weird to think about that especially not only that it's been 12 years uh we're now in 2020 uh wasn't that long ago that we were talking about 2012 and the implications that was going to have because of the mind mm-hmm. calendar um but uh yeah it was interesting to delve into this a little bit deeper and actually get a little more uh, history and in-depth knowledge about it for sure uh and i'm glad we did this you know again this is one of those things that i just happened to come across and i was like we never really talked about this uh <laughs> it's been mentioned yeah. in uh, in some of our conspiracy theory episodes yeah you know, way back when uh but never really did an entire episode to really learn what this was and i think what's really the most interesting thing about it is that there's so many more facets to the evil eye. You know, it's not mm. just a symbol or it's not just some type of of uh, spell. This is more of, and it's more than just a glance even, but it's very often uh, intertwined with the idea of a glance or someone who's like, you know, when you say, oh, that person just gave me the evil eye. There's a dog the other day, actually, that gave me an evil eye. I mean... When a dog gives you an evil eye, it's not a nice thing. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing, but hey. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, what is it? And, and in reality, it is a deep concentration uh, or focus on having something bad happen. And that's how it kind of is similar to the spell work. Um, and I can't tell you how many times, like, I, I think reading through some of these magical books that we have or that I have, um, it tells you to to chant something 
for such and such many hours. Think about it over and over and over again. It becomes so repetitive that it becomes natural for you to continue doing it. And that's to try and get yourself so focused on that particular object and what's going to happen to it that it somehow manifests itself. Now, again, whether or not that actually happens, who knows? It can all be based on coincidence, uh, but unfortunately, we just don't have enough science to back up either play that we see, you know, in right. either direction we go with this. So, well, like I said before the break, I think the most fascinating thing to me is that there is still a belief in this. Um, I, you know, listening to you talk about, you know, third world countries and everything and how that kind of plays a part in it, I can understand, but it's still, it's actually just an interest more than anything that it's still believed that the evil eye can play a factor into uh, what's going on in our daily lives. So um, was there anything that struck you as, as odd or anything or fascinating at all from doing this research? Um, I mean, I, I think mostly it's, it, it kind of surprised me. It's not like I personally didn't really understand what the evil eye was before doing the research. Uh, and so it opened my eyes. Go figure. That's ironic, right? <laughs> the evil eye opened my eye to, um, some really interesting stuff here. And, and probably some of the most interesting things are the protections and cures against it. Um, which we actually, not even thinking about it, but we've seen this kind of stuff in movies. The whole idea of taking the raw egg and floating it over somebody's, you know, over somebody's head or something. You know, we've, I've mm-hmm. seen movies where they'll do that and crack it open and there's like, oh, it's a bloody egg. You know, it's disgusting. Or there's some type of mm-hmm. dead baby chicken in it and it creates this idea of something evil happening. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think the big thing here that that I've learned is that it's, the evil eye really isn't magical in and of itself. This is really what we're looking at in regards to the evil eye. Uh, when you take it into context anyway of what it legitimately means uh, is that an evil eye is a representative to the people who just disregard the rest of humanity. People who dislike it or are jealous of it or have evil intent on it um, or against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the evil eye really is. But that's not to say, obviously, there's significant impact in all cultures and even in magical rituals that involve this particular symbol as well. Right. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for the evil eye, folks. Um, If you have any comments or or questions, definitely get in contact with us because I would love to talk to you guys about this. Uh, It's something that both Eric and myself, I think, could even use a little more education on um, even though, you know, we did the research and, and discussed this a little bit, but um, I would love to hear from you guys and have you tell us if you've had experiences with the evil eye, um, you know, is some of the stuff that we talked about incorrect? would love to hear from you. Um, make sure you're checking out Perch or I'm sorry, uh, newlanternmedia.com now uh paratruth radio is no longer available um and then uh you know beyondreason.net will be leaving us shortly as well we're going to make one website for all of our amazing shows which is crime crack paratruth radio and beyond reason 
Uh, we should be releasing a new crime crack here within the next couple weeks. Um, we're just going to tie down what day we can actually record, but we do want to start doing that regularly because it is an actually interesting uh, facet to, to our podcast, True Crime. So until next time, folks, where you will find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is Remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 